and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, got an exciting conversation today about the emerging gen, uh, both in our church and probably uh, in the church at large. And to have that conversation, I get to engage with one of our emerging gen at Southridge, a uh, young woman by the name of Courtney LaBelle. Courtney, welcome here. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is your very first time on this podcast. I feel so special. Yes, uh, first, but hopefully not uh, <laughs> your last. Uh, I wonder if we could dive in first off just by getting to know you a little bit better, uh, kind of orient us to who you are, where you come from, okay, and how you landed here at Southridge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I grew up in a tiny little town called Camden. Um and I grew up in the Camden United Church. My sister and my parents all attended there. It was so tiny that it actually disbanded and became Vineland MB, which not in my time there, but it eventually became Southridge Vineland. Um, and then when I moved to St. Catharines, I kind of found my way to Southridge St. Catharines. When you say I kind of found my way to Southridge St. Catharines, well, what is that? How did that happen? I was working at the yoga studio across the street, which was Moto Yoga. And every time I was working on a Sunday, I would kind of see all these cars pile in and I was super intrigued. And one day I just checked it out and then I never left. Very cool. So working from the yoga studio across the street, making the leap across Glenridge Avenue. It's a big trek, big trek. Yeah, big trek. Um, what do you do for work these days? I work full time at a dental office as a receptionist and then I teach yoga part time. You're still in the yoga market. Still there, yeah. Have what do you like about yoga? Yoga is kind of my safe spot. It is my quiet, my reprieve, my hiding spot. <laughs> a bit of a refuge from everything else going on in life, probably especially during during the pandemic. Yes, for sure. Fantastic. Well, listen, you're talking about how you first connected to Southridge um, and giving us a little bit of a window into that story. I guess... Some of my initial questions that we're going to talk about young adults and the emerging gen would be, you know, for you as a young adult, what was it about Southridge other than seeing these cars in the parking lot that first kind of attracted you or, or drew you in? So when I first came, my initial contact was with Jess Reimer, and she somehow talked me into going to a harvest dinner, um, my like first week of being here at the church. Uh, and when I was there, I met probably five or six other young adults at the Harvest Center. Um, and just their vibe piled in with the vibe of the church in general. I was like, oh, this is a really good place for young adults to mesh with everyone else. So this is a Harvest Dinner like in Vineland? Um, no, they were the ones in people's homes. Okay, the community dinners that, that we'd hosted to try to get. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I understand. Okay. So for leaders listening, we had kind of a, a, a social connection event uh, where we had community dinners around kind of Thanksgiving fall season. And so uh, showing up kind of in that time, I guess, Courtney, you would have plugged into something like that. Mm -hmm. When you met these other next gen, like how did things kind of grow from there and how did you get uh, connected relationally in that sense? 
things kind of uh, took an immediate dive because of COVID, which happened pretty soon after that. But then thankfully, I was able to get connected during COVID. Um, during all the lockdowns, there were so many opportunities online of different Zoom um, young adult meetings and groups. And so I was really able to kind of get to know other young adults and connect with them over social media after the groups um, and kind of find my way into knowing other people my age. (laughs) And if someone wondered, what is it about Southridge or even just a church in general that quote unquote works for young adults or like works for the emerging generation? What, What would you say that is specific to Southridge? I think the two biggest things that Southridge does is the content that is provided in services and spiritual practices is kind of available and applicable to everyone, whether you're 10 or 100, um, whatever walk of life you are, it's kind of, it means something to everyone. Um, And as well, I think that young adults are valued and appreciated just as much as the quote unquote regular adults or real adults. Young adults are real adults at Southridge, I guess, is, is the point, is it? Yes, that's the tagline. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that uh, conversation in just a moment, because about a month ago, you and I got together to discuss an idea. Now, I can explain to people who are listening the story behind this, but I'd love to hear your experience and your perspective on that conversation. <laughs> I think I... Uh... <laughs> made the reference at our first event of calling it a dark tunnel moment with you. (laughs) Um, I feel like I didn't really know what to expect. I just got this email from you saying, Hey, do you want to chat about this thing? Um, And then I got to hear about your heart and your vision for it. I still wasn't a hundred percent sure of what was going to happen. And I kind of felt like I was in this little tunnel, but I saw enough of the light of your vision that I was like, sure, let's, let's go down this tunnel with Jeff. This seems fun. So for people listening, both members from Southridge and and leaders from elsewhere, you know, we've launched this ministry in the last number of months called the Leaders Village and uh, the Leaders Village basically existing to raise the profile of leadership development here at Southridge, but also to raise our leadership development profile as Southridge in the broader community. First few months, we probably focused more on the as Southridge, you know, as part of the broader community. And have really tried to hunker down on what it means to also raise the profile of leadership development at Southridge. Omicron hit in January, things got a little busy, whatever, I'm away March break. So it was kind of after that, that we really started to say, okay, in in the different facets of kind of leadership development at Southridge, how can we gain some ground? And one of those facets that we'd like to gain some ground in is with our emerging gen. And so I got together with Courtney to talk about this idea of nothing more complicated than connecting our emerging gen in mentorship with the person who mentored me and some of us when we were emerging gen, uh, kind of back in the day. When I was in my 20s, involved in the early years of leading our church, there was a good friend and mentor named John Garner from another church who now is retired Uh, from pastoring. He just lives around the corner from me. And through some conversation, he was willing to invest into our emerging gen today. And so I pitched this idea to Courtney to say, hey, would you help me pull together our emerging gen to have some conversations to get mentored by the person who mentored me, essentially? And so when I pitched that to you, what was going through your mind, Courtney? I I think I went 
went into that meeting thinking that I was just going to be involved in participating and then realized that you wanted me to help kind of guide and lead this. Um, and my first thought was like, oh my goodness, what would I be getting myself into? And then I went home and I really thought about it and I prayed about it a lot. And it's just such an exciting possibility. Um, I think that the more that I think about it, the more that I realize that the possibilities are kind of endless um, and that this is exactly what Emerging Gen needs right now. And just to be clear, we were we were trying to specify that this Leaders at Village initiative to create some development for our Emerging Gen simply by exposing them to a, a mentor who'd, who'd mentored me when I was in that stage, like that's different than a strategy to reach college students. That's different than launching a young adults ministry. Talk about how you organized all that in your mind and, and kind of what this, what this isn't. And maybe more, more importantly, why this isn't, because you've made a comment about that earlier that I'd want people to understand. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you and I have talked about it a bit. There's such a fine line between um, wanting to kind of create or duplicate the idea of you know, youth ministry or family ministry, but for young adults, and that's not what this is. Um, and also kind of reaching university students where they're at, and that's also not what this is. Um, and instead, this is more of a really specific and intentional pouring into and developing our future leaders and our next generation of leaders. Yeah, believing that, you know, one of the things that we talked about was that we've been kind of thin on young adult ministry in our church, mostly because we believe that young adults are just that, they're adults. And rather than continue kind of in our family ministry of having these segmented, you know, age appropriate investments, we actually want to integrate and involve and include young adults, you know, as the next generation, not just for the future, but for the present of our church and to be the the lifeblood who drive a lot of our ministry today, our Sunday morning ministry and worship and teaching spiritual practices and hospitality and things, our shepherding during the week, discipleship, small groups and whatever, let alone our mission and our, you know, our activity in, in our local and global anchor causes. And so with that vision of not trying to segment, we still wanted to create kind of a landing place for emerging gen people for this leadership development experience. Is that how you're understanding this? Absolutely. Yeah. And what would you say at the end of the day kind of inspired you? I know you devoted some time to reflection and prayer, which I certainly appreciated. Um, at the end of the day, what triggered the yes? What, what made you feel like, wow, this could actually have some potential? I think to be honest, it was the spark that I saw in you when you're talking about it. And the spark that I felt when I was even just considering it, um, just to think that, you know, you would take the time out of your day and that John would take the time out of his day to come and invest in young adults as a population, um, I think just made me really excited and interested and ready to jump on board. Mm -hmm. And now that we've had our first of these experiences, which we'll talk about in just a moment, I mean, especially the passion that you experienced in John you know, in this 42-year ministry veteran to pour now into an emerging generation. That was pretty exciting, wasn't it? That was incredible. The heart that he has to just pour into us is, I am blown away by him. He's incredible. 
Yeah. So we're going to get into that in a moment. I, I, I want to just get the uh, kind of the back end of this because we, we started to launch these monthly experiences. We were just going to kind of create for the summer uh, a once a month Sunday evening experience where John and I would get together with our emerging gen and we'd kind of pepper him with questions and try to glean some insights and some wisdom from him. In preparation for that, what kind of, when, when you took this on to, to start pulling this together, what kind of interest were you getting initially? You created an email list and you started to send out a kind of an invitation email. What happened from there? Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect when I started sending these invites out, but the even just the initial reaction that I got was people who were also super excited and super interesting, which is kind of funny because I, uh, I don't know if anyone really even fully knew either as much as I didn't fully know when I was agreeing. I don't think they fully even knew what to expect, but I had all these emerging gen and young adults that were like, yeah, this sounds fun. I'm super in, um, which made me even more excited. One of the interesting things that I learned in, in conversation with you about the initial invite is, you know, as I tried to describe this, all I was trying to do was create this space where people could have access to this kind of mentoring. And so you and I, as a way of sort of bribing young adults to, to want to come, thought, let's at least feed them. And so we'll host this thing, you know, the first Sunday evening or first Sunday afternoon of every month, we'll host it from five to seven and we'll serve pizza. And so the way that I was kind of pitching this to you in the initial conversation was that this would just be pizza with pastors. But uh, when you were pitching this, uh, you, one of your initial feedbacks to me was a, a question of whether you could change the name. Talk about that for a moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I started kind of just to my friends and to my life group, uh, kind of telling them about the conversation that we'd had and, and then I would get to the part of where I would say the name of pizza with pastors and I would get a lot of reactions of, Oh, um, and talking with people realized that, um, a lot of people heard it and got intimidated by the name. And so I kind of took a step back and reflected on it as someone who might attend this event. Um, and I think it kind of boiled down to the fact that, you know, our pastors are people that we look up to and people that we respect. And especially if you don't have a close relationship with them per se, it can kind of be intimidating the thought of, you know, sitting down across from a pastor and, and eating pizza and, and asking them questions. And now that we've had this first session, that's definitely not what this is. And it's not intimidating at all. Um, but I decided to change the name. So it didn't sound intimidating. Yeah, for leaders listening, th this was a, a real wake up call for me, because, you know, as Courtney said, the, the having experienced this once now, this is a, a, a very non threatening kind of congenial environment, especially if you know, uh, if you know John at all and his heart for people and especially for the emerging gen, this is a, a, a very safe and caring environment, which is what I had in my mind the whole time. So to hear this feedback of like pizza with pastors is intimidating. I'm like, no, it's not. And, and you, you were, you were pretty insistent to say, um, actually I have the data and yeah, it is. And so I had to face the, the, the reality of that, that for, for emerging gen, this was coming across more like pizza in the principal's office <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a sort of way. And, and for those of us who are looking to succession or looking to generational transfer or to make an investment, 
in the next generation to just appreciate the the whether it's the 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 kind of respect or the gap that the emerging gen have or that exists that can create uh, an intimidation that we have to overcome. That was certainly uh, a lesson for me that, you know, when you had shared that with me, Courtney, I thought, by all means, rename this to whatever you think is going to work and build a bridge to the emerging generation to create that safety of space, which I appreciate that you did. So now that we had one of these, we had one last weekend uh, at the beginning of May, Describe kind of what happened and from your perspective, how it went. Yeah, I felt like it went really, really well. Um, I felt like there was a good vibe. There was a really great turnout. Um, A lot of people that I knew, some people that I got to meet, which is really exciting as well. And then just the feedback that I got um, was amazing. And a lot of people even to saying, go back, going back to your point of like, oh, it, like it wasn't intimidating at all. It was a really relaxed and comfortable environment. And I felt like I could ask anything and there was no judgment. And, um, and I'm just so excited about all the possibilities that can come from this after the first session. Now that we've had one and there was some connection and, you know, people were falling in love with John and loving the, 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 the wisdom they could glean from him. We've, we've framed this as kind of a, a, a monthly experience that could be a bit of a landing point to potentially spin off and launch other experiences. From your perspective, having kind of agreed to get involved in this with really no picture of what this could look like, what is starting to shape in your mind as far as where you see things going from here? I think I'm mostly just really excited for the specific leadership development opportunities, um, whatever they may look like. I think that there's a lot of room to grow from here, a lot of interest from the emerging gen to grow from here um, in various ways that I've heard, whether it's, you know, one-on-one connection, whether it's small group mentoring, whether it's just the simple peer connection of getting to know each other. I spoke with someone who said, She was so glad to be there because she doesn't really see a lot of young adults typically when she comes on Sunday mornings. Um, So even just having that, but specifically having that space where we can just be poured into and become better leaders in this really, really safe space, I'm just so excited for. And what do you think is kind of the primary need of this emerging generation when it comes to their leadership development? I think what we most need is to be reminded that we are the next leadership. We are the next gen. Um, I think going back to what I said at the beginning about, you know, us being treated as quote unquote real adults sometimes, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I know even for myself, sometimes you kind of forget that you are a real adult and that you are part of this next generation of leaders. Um, And so to have the space to be poured into and, and grow and be developed is so important. So in that spirit, because this is a real important value for me, um, especially given my history and for Southridge members listening and and leaders from elsewhere, yeah, I I can't stress that enough, that that emerging generation leaders, young adults are adults and they're not the future, they're the present. And and the more we can encourage and kind of embed that into the hearts and minds of, of young adults, I think the richer an experience of community uh, as a church we can have. And so kind of in that spirit, knowing that now for the last couple of years that you've been around, you've, you've been involved in a little bit of this conversation of the emerging generation to, to simply hear 
from the emerging generation about our church and about the future of our church and the church in, in, in the broader way, like what's the heartbeat that you're sensing from the emerging generation when it comes to the church and the, and the kingdom of God? I think there's a really strong um, aching to kind of be cultivated into the strong, confident leader. Um, but especially as we come out of pandemic life, I think that there's been this renewed optimism, at least among the young adults that I know, um, and this passion to sort of build and and grow kind of towards the community that was envisioned in God's kingdom. When you talk with your peers, what is it that they want to see or experience more of, either in their own lives personally or in the church that they're a part of? I think really just, um, as I spoke to earlier, the encouragement. Um, Encouragement in areas to serve or encouragement in ways to take on new leadership, encouraged just by their peers and by uh, like-minded folks to kind of continue and plug in where they can and um, use what they have to kind of make a difference within the church. As you talk with your peers, are there things about maybe our church specifically, or just the church in general, that they'd like to see less of or see changed? I don't know if it's necessarily coming from the church itself or coming more from us and our generation, but I think that we can all kind of collectively agree that there needs to be kind of less um, pressure on ourselves. Um, A lot of us kind of take on a lot and and are perfectionists at heart. Um, maybe that's just me, but I feel like I know a couple other young adults that are like that. And um, and we feel like there's so much expected of us, even if that expectation is not necessarily coming from the church. And I think that that reminder to not put so much pressure on ourselves is really important. Hmm. Do you feel that message comes from the church that as young adults, you know, you kind of graduate out of high school, you know, whether you're in college or you, you in university, finish university, whatever, working that that kind of the the default position is one of feeling like there's pressure on you? I do think there's a bit of um, obligation and a bit of pressure. Um, not necessarily intentional in a negative way, but I think, you know, we really want to encourage people to get involved and, and, and be part of the community. Um, and I think in some ways it can come across as this pressure to perform and, and to participate in a way that maybe feels too much for us sometimes. Hmm. In in the experience last Sunday with John, did you get the sense that John's impact and, and his intended mentoring was applying more pressure on the emerging gen? Honestly, no. I think if anything, um, his impact is going to be beneficial to kind of help us uh, reset. You know, you and John both talked a lot about finding things that can help us get back on the right track and, and help us kind of find our own ways. So I really think this is going to be beneficial for us. And, and you know, drilling into that a little bit deeper, what, what do you think the emerging gen most needs to relieve that sense of pressure or burden that it, it seems like they're commonly carrying? I think having concrete ways or concrete things that we can do or follow or guidelines that we can have set out for us of, um, you know, X, Y, Z is how you do 
this or how you get onto this path. Um, I think as you're kind of coming out of the university, college, post-secondary pipeline into the you know real world to say um it can kind of sometimes feel like you're just thrown out there into the wilderness um and then you feel all this pressure to do all of these things that make you a real adult and i think having um a way to navigate through all that would be really beneficial Hmm. and i mean flipping the question around you're describing what a lot of your peers seem to commonly struggle with Let's look at the strength side. What, what what are you seeing among your peers as maybe the greatest difference or the the unique strength that the emerging gen brings to the world and to the church for its future? I think the biggest thing is just um, the passion that exists for compassion um, for all and for social justice. I think that that's true of multiple generations, but I think specifically of our, you know, 18 to 20 something generation, there's really this pull and this calling towards making everyone feel included and making sure that everyone on the margins is pulled in and that we care for everyone. And I think that that's our biggest strength. Given my experience around Southridge, I would totally agree with that. And, you know, I hope that especially for members listening, you can appreciate, given the kind of church we understand Jesus desiring us to continue to become, how critical this strength in our spiritual body, the emerging gen actually is. When you as an emerging gen embody such a high value of compassion and inju- and, and justice and inclusion, um, given where we sense Jesus wanting to grow us, uh, you are essential today, not just, you know, 10 years from now or when your life's kind of more in order, whatever that in order sort of means. So I hope, especially for Emerging Gen listening, that you're encouraged by that. Um, Courtney, one of the things that I know many Emerging Gen uh, look for and in many ways long for is to have a greater voice. And so every time I sit down in this environment with an emerging gen leader, I want to just give them a a, a few minutes to express some voice. So uh, in addition to talking about the emerging gen, I just want to hear your heart for a few minutes. And and, I'm curious, I guess, first of all, you you mentioned plugging into Southridge just before the pandemic. So most of what you've known about our church is pandemic life. How, from your perspective, would you say we've navigated the pandemic? Yeah, it's hard for me to know, you know, what life at Southridge was like before, but uh, I personally have very much appreciated the way that Southridge has navigated the pandemic. I think that I, even as someone who wasn't super plugged into Southridge before the pandemic, felt like I was walking alongside you guys, kind of hand in hand as we navigated this pandemic together. Um, And now that we're sort of emerging, I feel like, you know, you've talked about it before, how we're kind of at this ground level and we can all just kind of move on from here together. Is there anything as you talked with, you know, friends from other churches, you sort of paid attention to what was going on across Niagara, around the world, anything that strikes you as uh, kind of particularly unique or something that you appreciated about Southridge specifically and how, how kind of responded to things in the pandemic? Um, Personally, the, connection that happened during 
all of the lockdowns was most important to me. Um, I know I have a couple friends at some other churches that didn't necessarily have as many um, opportunities for groups or connection. Um, and for me, like those groups were definitely my saving grace. Sometimes um, it was that Zoom meeting one hour a week was all I had to look forward to because I wasn't doing anything because it was lockdown. Um, and to be able to be supported still by my peers was really important and helpful. Hmm. You mentioned that these days we're, we're describing things as kind of a, a relaunch or almost a replant now coming out of the pandemic. Um, what excites you about this season and about the future of Southridge from that starting fresh perspective? I think the most exciting thing is that the possibilities are sort of limitless. Um, we kind of are all starting on the same foot, on the same page, at the same level, and we can build this into amazing things, um, things that people want, things that people need. Um, and just to have all those opportunities ahead of us is very exciting to me. And I guess trying to tap into your voice in a, in a broader way, are there kind of issues that whether it's Southridge or just the church at large has been facing or, or need to face or need to face to a greater degree that you'd want to speak into in an environment like this? Uh, I think just going back to sort of the social justices ideas, Southridge, you know, does a great job of that. But I think that there's always ways that we can be better relatives, better neighbors to those on the margins, to our LGBTQ folks, to uh, our Indigenous neighbors, um, and not just pandemic wise, but just in general, but especially as we come out of the pandemic. Hmm. I would completely agree with that. And again, I can't stress this enough. Leaders like us are looking to leaders like you to continue to be voices of vision and inspiration and challenge and conviction as body parts in our spiritual body to move us in those directions that are that are core to your heart and uh, our strengths that you you guys and gals bring. I really appreciate that. Uh, as we wrap things up, you're thinking about our community. You've been part of it for a few years. You're starting to be a, a big player now in this emerging gen movement. Um, any final encouragements or challenges either to our members at Southridge or to other leaders who are listening when it comes to leveraging the emerging gens perspective on the church and its future? Yeah, I think to you know other leaders, definitely use emerging gen to your advantage. Pour into them, grow them, um, let them know how important they are and build that. And then just to our own community, um, I, to our emerging gen, I mean, first of all, come out and join us, but second of all, um, find your way into the community, whether that's serving in one way or another, but just find a way to plug yourself in to give yourself a purpose and challenge that brings you joy. That's fantastic. Courtney, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm looking forward. I said this was your your first podcast recording, hopefully not your last. I'm looking forward to like the six month update when we can talk about in the fall what God's been doing and where this emerging gen leadership development movement is going. I'm really grateful that you're a part of it. I can't wait. And thanks to all of you tracking with us again this week. We will see you in seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Thank you.